Welcome back to your Haunted Holiday. This is Lisa. And I'm Lindsay. And Lindsay, we have a good one for you today. I know you're not going to be familiar with this place because I honestly wasn't super familiar with it either, but it is right up our alley. This is totally the type of place that we would want to go to. It's this fabulous inn in a town called New Hope, Pennsylvania, okay. which is just like this beautiful, quaint small town but it like it's, it's super picturesque this place is old so we know it's haunted from that the other reason <laughs> that's the standard <laughs> <laughs> well i mean there's got to be a little more to it than that um the other reason i picked this is my friend was listening and she is very upset that we have not done a pennsylvania episode because that is where she lives and then i thought pennsylvania like that place is old like there has got to be a million haunted places in Pennsylvania. So mm -hmm. this one is for you, Kate. All right. This is your haunted holiday at the Logan Inn. So this place, Lindsay, was built all the way back in 1727. So really, really old. And it's actually one of the five oldest inns in the United States. Okay, so probably up there with Longfellow's Wayside Inn. We covered that back on Valentine's Day. Yep, exactly. In fact, that one I think was the oldest, right? I think it was number the, one, yeah. Yeah. So this one is right around that time frame, and it was originally known as Fairy's Tavern because New Hope, Pennsylvania at that time was really kind of like a stopping point for people that were traveling from New York to Philadelphia. It was kind of like the halfway mark, and they are right on the river. So when people would cross over from New Jersey, they would take a ferry. And mm -hmm. so there's like a lot of streets there named Fairy Street. Like it is known for that back in the day. And so that's why it was called Fairy's Tavern. The inn, obviously it was a tavern, um, but it was also like a bed and breakfast, I would say. And it exchanged hands over the years, but it was also there, of course, during the Revolutionary War. So it was really like right in the middle of all that. And George Washington and his troops, I guess, used to stay there and kind of like camp around the building and that kind of thing, which cool. I thought was really, really cool. And in fact, one thing that I read, and I was not able to validate this, and I only saw it on one site, was that they used to use the basement of the Logan Inn as like a morgue and crematorium for revolutionary soldiers. Now, it came from a questionable mm. source, so I'm, I'm kind of thinking that probably didn't happen, but I would be curious if anybody out there is from New Hope, if, if you've heard that information somewhere, because, you know, if that's the case, that's fascinating. Right. We've had a couple of places that were morgues previously that are haunted. Maybe that brings something to it, but who knows in this case, right? Right. And the reality is, I mean, if it was there during the Revolutionary War, we know there was bloodshed, right? So there have been soldiers that died, maybe not in the hotel itself, but maybe, you know, on the grounds or very close to throughout the town of New Hope. 
So eventually the name did get changed to the Logan Inn, and it was actually named after a Native American chief that was, you know, in that town that was well known. People had a lot of high regard for this chief, and he changed his name after the town owner at the time of John Logan. So today, the sign of the Logan Inn actually has uh, a picture of a Native American chief on there, and that's who this inn has since been named for. Hmm. Now, a couple other things to think about. There was also a little girl who drowned in a canal right behind the Logan Inn. That canal is no longer there, and it is today a parking lot, and we'll get into that a little bit later into our story. There is also a woman who passed away there named Emily Lutz, and she was actually the mother of one of the owners. Her son Carl owned it, and he actually purchased the property in 1969. And she was living there, and she died of old age, so nothing super tragic. I know we talk a lot about tragedy on this show. It was just, you know, natural causes, and she actually died in room number six. Now, room number six, Lindsay, we are going to talk about. This is the most haunted room in the hotel. If you go there, this is the room that you are going to want to request. At least, you know, if you want to do some ghost hunting. If you want to get some sleep, you probably don't want to book Emily's room of room number six. Oh, wow. Is it a scary room? I mean... I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit. I guess it depends on what your idea of scary is. Like, I would consider it maybe a little bit scary. It became known to be haunted all the way back in the 1980s, and it was actually featured in a book and received some acclaim. They started doing ghost tours in the town of New Hope, and this was always, like, the first stop there. Like, the ghost tours always meet right there at the Logan Inn, and then they continue to tour the rest of the town. So the town itself has a ton of history, if you think back to the Revolutionary War and that kind of thing, but this is considered the most notoriously haunted stop in New Hope, Pennsylvania. This show is supported by Sonnet. Listening to podcasts shouldn't be hard, but so many podcast apps on Android are cluttered and confusing. That's right. With its modern, clean design and extremely user-friendly interface, Sonnet makes it easier for those on Android to discover new shows, listen, subscribe, and get notified of latest episodes. Best of all, it's free. Click the link in the description to listen to your haunted holiday on Sonnet. So the Logan Inn has a ton of activity there, and there are several ghosts that they think may be haunting this place. Some of the basic things that you are going to potentially encounter when you are here are, of course, the cries and moans. I feel like we talk about that. I feel like we talk about that a lot at ghost places, and I'm saying that like, oh, just some cries and some moans, but... I mean, that's like your standard haunt, right? Like most places are going to have like somebody crying. I don't know about that. I'm not so sure. There's like sometimes piano playing. We've heard that quite a bit. I mean, we have heard like cry. I guess you're right. 
maybe we have heard cries. <laughs> There's that's no sad. It is sad. So there's no piano playing here. But so cries and moans is pretty common hearing somebody crying. The other thing to encounter, another very typical one, is temperature changes. So people mm. will feel, you know, something around them because the temperature has dropped significantly, which I think is a pretty standard thing to experience when you're in a haunted place. There's also what they call glowing apparitions. So sometimes when you actually see, not all the apparitions, but sometimes when you see them, it's almost like they're, they've got a hue to them of some sort of glow, which is- So this is like what we would describe as a full figured apparition that has kind of an aura around them? Exactly. Is that what you're, ex okay, okay. Yep, exactly. Now, the other thing to look for is the scent of lavender. So remember I mentioned Emily Lutz, who passed away of old age in room number six. That was actually her favorite scent. So she would wear lavender perfume. And Emily, of course, is haunting the crap out of this place. So if you smell lavender perfume, it is probably Emily Lutz. See, now that's really cool. Those are the haunts that I just love. That's hard to like take a video of or record, you know, and say, hey, look at this evidence. But I feel like that is just like a really cool haunting. If you smell that lavender, that's exciting. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be really neat to experience. But again, hard to justify to somebody who's a skeptic, right? Right, right. Now, there's also, I mentioned the little girl who they say dr drowned in the canal behind the inn. Now, today it's a parking lot, but apparently in the parking lot, you may actually see her kind of on the spot where she drowned. And a lot of times she's crying when you see her back there. You know, there was actually like a carnival going on in the town of New Hope, like right around that area. And supposedly there was a carnival worker who every night in that parking lot, he kept hearing these moaning sounds. And he was like, what is that? And then going back, somebody was like, well, you know, there was a little girl who they think may be haunting this parking lot. And he experienced it, I guess, every single day. Wow. So the little girl is very prevalent here. Now, the other thing, of course, are Revolutionary War soldiers that they say they see throughout the inn. And sometimes, Lindsay, I guess it depends on who the witness is. Sometimes they'll see just your average looking soldier. And then other times he's actually headless. Ooh. So it just, and maybe it's two different spirits. You know, it's mm -hmm. hard to say, right? It's different people, you know, making these accounts. So a headless soldier is something that you could encounter here. And I'm guessing these are like not redcoats. These are George Washington's side revolutionary, right? right? Okay. Right. So these are going to be George Washington's troops. Okay. So I've mentioned room number six a couple times now, and this is known there as Emily's room because that is where she passed away. This is by far the most active room in the house. Tons of activity is reported here. There's been people that left in the middle of the night because they're totally freaked out. One of the main things that Emily does, Lindsay, is I really feel like she does not want anybody to get any sleep because she's constantly messing with people that are trying to go to bed. So for example, she'll actually start tugging on the blankets. She will even like pull a pillow out from under your head. 
Like I feel oh like my that gosh. takes a lot of strength. Yeah, it does. That that would be super scary. I always, whenever I'm laying in bed at a haunted place, we've kind of joked about the fact that I lose a lot of sleep at these places, but I love it so much. So we still go. I'm always imagining something messing with me as I'm trying to doze off. I could see why it's scary. Right. I could see that too. And also she will shake the bed sometimes, like actually physically shake it. And you no. know, that reminds me of Lindsay. I know exactly. The vision I have in my head, this is a fear of mine, is The Exorcist. I yes. remember when we were kids watching the movie The Exorcist and the image that sticks out the most is when that bed is just shaking like crazy. And so I've personally, as a kid, after seeing that movie, I was always terrified that my bed would start shaking like that. Right. I had the same thought um, when you said that. I said it reminds me of The Exorcist is what I was thinking. Yeah, totally. Now, she also does a ton of other things. She will move things around. Like you might set something down and then leave to go eat dinner, come back, and it's in a completely different spot. Things like that, right? Mm -hmm. She will open doors, but it's also said that she'll even like say stuff. So like you can audibly hear her almost talking like directly to you sometimes. Like it seems like it's an intelligent haunting where like she's addressing the people that are actually staying there. That's so interesting. At first I was kind of thinking maybe, maybe she didn't know she was dead, you know, and maybe she was going about her day, spritzing her perfume, maybe making the bed. You know, stuff like that, um, Maybe. which is possible. But no, that's interesting that she'll say things that seem like they're responsive. Right. And then she's even like shaking the bed and stuff. Maybe she does think she's alive and she's saying, what the heck are they doing in my bed? Get the, get out of here. You know, yeah. maybe that's what she's thinking. I don't know. Right. We could be the intruders. As far well, as she, yeah. there was also a man staying in this room and apparently he was asleep sound asleep he felt like some kind of weird pressure on his chest mm -hmm. and he woke up and he looks above the bed and he sees this glowing white shape of an apparition of a woman and he literally just like picked up and left in the middle of the night he was like no nope, wow. i'm out of here like i don't <laughs> want anything to do with this it's like when somebody leaves in the middle of the night they saw something something happened because nobody really wants to leave in the middle of the night that's the right. thing it's such a pain you got to pick everything up like no nobody wants to leave now the other thing that's interesting about room number six is the mirror in the bathroom apparently sometimes you will see apparitions in this mirror and this is so creepy so basically you'll be i don't know brushing your teeth or whatever and you'll look in the mirror and there'll be a man in the mirror and it no. looks like he's standing behind you <laughs> and you'll turn around and there's nobody there. Ah, so that's a scary visual. But you know, that's why we go to these places. We are fascinated by the paranormal and you almost hope for something like that to happen, but it gets your adrenaline going just thinking about the possibility, right? Because you hear the stories right. and then you actually go to like the Logan Inn and you think, ooh, is this guy going to show up? Yeah. And so that's kind of the fun of it, really. I totally agree. I mean, I would be very startled. Oh it's apparently gosh. very startling to say the least when you turn around thinking somebody's in your room. First of all, right. the scary thing is who the heck is in my room? 
And then turning around and not seeing anybody is like another level, right? Right. Who do they think this guy is? They don't really know, right? So there's actually a couple different people that they say they see in this mirror. One is a man. They don't know who he is. The other, they say, are two kids, a girl and a boy. They think the girl might be the girl who was drowned on the property. Mm -hmm. But they're, I mean, it's really not clear who it is that is appearing in this mirror. The other thing that I did, you know, in researching this, I had a couple questions about the place that I was not able to find online. So I actually called them. And Lindsay, sometimes when you call a place, like I, a lot of times I'm just looking for basic information, right? Mm-hmm. And I was here too to start, but I got to tell you, the person that answered the phone was so friendly. And when I started asking about ghost tours and stuff, she was all about it. So then I was able to tell her we have a podcast and ask her if she had any experiences. Mm-hmm. And she actually did. I got to say, she was so incredibly friendly. Like, I haven't been here, but I can tell you their customer service must be amazing just based on this single phone call that I had. Wow. But she started working there, I think she said it was about a year ago, and she actually learned on the first day that she started that it was haunted. Like, she had no idea until she started. And one of the nights she was there, it was late, there was nobody else there other than, like, the bartender in the other room. And this pamphlet came flying down the stairs And she looked everywhere, and at first she was like, is somebody playing a trick on me? Like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. Could not find anybody. And so she's convinced that might have been a ghost. I, I think it totally could have been. Yeah. And the other one, Lindsay, listen to this. So basically... All, there was a power outage in the town. So like all down the main street that this inn is on. And so she actually went to go step outside to kind of see like, are the street lights on? Like what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Goes to open the door to step outside and something whispered in her ear, Brianna. No. And that's her name, of course. That's her name. <sighs> and so she said that was really startling. Like she looked everywhere like, who is saying my name? Is that my boss? Like, what mm-hmm. the heck is this? But she's convinced that it was a spirit that knew her name. And that's actually an account that other people have said really? at this place. That spirits will sometimes whisper your name. Specifically, like I heard waitresses working there have had this happen. So that's definitely something you got to look for when you are here. Yeah. Can you imagine Lisa? No. It would be so scary, (laughs) but so cool. This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations, and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tingling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. 
Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the travel agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact your haunted holiday travel agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. Okay, Lindsay, so let's get into what your stay is going to be like at the Logan Inn. So first of all, it's a tavern. So it has a restaurant, a bar, and I got to say, like, I was looking this place up and my mouth was watering looking Ooh, at the it's menu. It's one of these places. Okay. The, the food looked really good. And I will say in reading the reviews on TripAdvisor, pretty much every review, like, called out how good the food was. Now, the menu is not huge. So it looks like they've kind of brought it down to, like, some really good stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. one thing they had on there was, like, mussels and like this wine sauce or something like that that was just sounded amazing they have bruschetta a bunch of different entrees but Lindsay, you're gonna like this okay they had a cocktail called the cucumber and chill and it's a vodka drink that sounds right up my alley it sounds refreshing it does like i looked at that menu and i immediately thought this is exactly what Lindsay would get we need to go there we need to order some cucumbers and chill have a couple of those They go on an evening ghost hunt. It sounded really freaking good. So definitely, even if you can't stay, go make a dinner reservation and and eat the food. It's supposed to be excellent. Mm -hmm. The rooms themselves, uh, they vary in price a little bit. And they look very nice and updated, by the way. This is not one of those places that you're like, well, obviously it was built in the 1700s. Like, it looks pretty standard but also historic at the same time i don't know if that makes a lot of sense but they've done a lot of work to update it it looks absolutely it makes a lot of it kind of reminds me of uh, maybe the marshall house yes Uh, really cute great hotel but clearly historic and cool hotel exactly and the bedding i will say looked very comfortable i think that's also extremely important is to have good bedding typically the prices are right around like two hundred dollars a night right especially i think during the summer when they're probably at the height i mean this is kind of a vacation town Mm -hmm. so people are going there in the summer on a you know weekend family trip that kind of thing so in the summer right around 200 dollars, give or take right i looked a little ahead on their calendar and i went into their off season which is more the winter months like january and they are a little bit lower so those dates ranged about 150 dollars to 165 dollars so i i would say that's a significant difference on the price yeah Yeah. i mean it sounds fairly reasonable considering it's a historic cool little bed and breakfast i mean bed and breakfast i think I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to jump to a conclusion that typically there are maybe a little bit more than your average hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I would uh, agree with that. A little bit more than your average place. But I mean, it honestly, it looks worth it, right? Mm-hmm. If, you know, if you have the income to do it, it's in a really cool town. The rooms look nice and it's haunted. So you can't really go wrong, right? They don't have any ghost tours that they offer within the hotel. However, there is a ghost tour that's pretty popular that's in just the town. And the website to get there is ghosttoursofnewhope.com. 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com. And on that website, they kind of lay out what their schedule is. But June through November, they will offer a ghost tour every Saturday night. And there's actually no reservation required. You just kind of show up where the ghost tour is going to start on this corner they provide you. Mm -hmm. And then it's $10 and you get to get the whole back history of the Logan Inn as well as several other locations throughout this town. Okay, cool. So it's a it's a ghost tour of the town and the Logan Inn, not necessarily a hunt, more of a history, kind of a cool thing, but sounds totally worth it. It's reasonably priced. All right, guys. So the Logan Inn sounds pretty amazing. It sounds like they've got a serious ghost happening in room six, whispering and uh, kind of glowing full-bodied apparitions there. So I would say it sounds like a hit, sounds like good food. Uh, definitely go check it out. Stay safe, though, if you do. Um, obviously, we have a pandemic going on, so uh, do what you can. But now we're moving into our newest segment, which is where we get into a new, uh, like a listener email that they send us. And this week, we're actually going to cover two. Um, we had two emails come in from listeners about our previous episode that I thought were just super interesting. And it's kind of timely because we just put that episode out last week about the ancient Ram Inn. And we talked a little bit about like possible devil worship happening there because of like goat hooves and that it was just so old. And maybe there was like, what what did we say, Lisa? It was like a pagan cemetery. A pagan cemetery. Yeah. From like 3000 BC or something. Right, right. That's right. And so Lisa and I do not claim to be experts about anything paranormal. We just really provide you our thoughts and views on the topic. But what I think is really fascinating is there's a lot of misinformation out there about paganism, I think, in general, and even like devil worship stuff and like the goat hooves. So I thought uh, this was cool. I thought it was really good information. So we think we'll share it with you. So the first email that we have is from Tom Castaños, who actually was our listener that helped us do a lot of the research for our Yellowstone episode we put out a couple weeks ago. So he's always full of really good historical information. What? So this is what he writes briefly. He says, one thing I'll bring up, if the burials date back to the time of the building of the inn, it wouldn't be devil worship. Christianity came to England about 500 years before the inn was built, but was not widely recognized until much later. Christianity was spread by Roman artisans, but a plethora of pagan cults were still the norm. The idea of the devil is not really a thing until the advent of Christianity. And uh, he, he kind of gets into some different ways that you could define paganism and not typically evil, but they did have some evil spirits um, that you could uh, deal with, but mostly not. So some interesting stuff there. Probably not devil worship happening there at the ancient Ram Inn based on the time. I got to say, I love that, that he sent that note because... yeah. It really does delve a little bit further than we did. You know, we're talking about the main theories, but I think that is such good information to go back and look at, right? It doesn't mean it's right. not haunted. It doesn't mean some crazy stuff happened there, right? Because right. it probably did. <laughs> but, I mean, knowing having the historical context, I think, is really cool. Okay, so my second email that I, I'm going to get into is from Rebecca. And she sent us a really interesting information around paganism. And I think she has some history with, with that religion. Um, and so she thinks it's important that um, we understand kind of the background, which I thought was so fascinating. She sent me really good information. So I'm going to read a little bit of this. So 
She said there's a lot of different pagan ritual spiritual beliefs. The word pagan literally means country dweller. It was a term given to non-Christian, non-Jewish people when Christians and Catholics conquered previously pagan areas. The thing many modern pagans have in common is a connection to and reverence for the earth, and at least an awareness and acceptance of the energetic and spiritual worlds. Not all pagans are witches, and not all witches are pagan, but there is a lot of overlap in the spiritual community. And she also gets into a little bit around the sacrificing piece. And um, we talked a little bit, you know, she mentioned that a lot of this stuff was kind of scare tactics. It's typically not evil, like even the pentagram, not evil, which is we get into that a lot, you know, and we're even thinking about doing an episode on like somewhere in Salem where they had the Salem witch trials. And those women weren't witches, you know, they're usually people that maybe didn't go to church is what she mentioned. Or had something tragic happen to their family and then now they're accused of something. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing is, I think Tom even mentioned this, you know, the goat imagery. So we talked about and that is so scary to me. I know that it's not really the true history, guys, <laughs> but it's been ingrained in my brain. Um, so the goat thing freaks me out, but apparently it's kind of like this just scary imagery that's been put out there to make devil worshiping sound really scary. Really interesting stuff. Absolutely. And thank you so much for those emails and for everybody that emails us, by the way. And also, I would just like to call out. You know, if you have a place in the town that you live or the state that you live that you've been to, maybe you haven't been there and you just want to hear more about it, Mm -hmm. please send us an email and we will definitely look into it and see if it meets our criteria for a show. Right. And I will say Tom and Rebecca both also gave me good recommendations for a potential episode. So we need to do a little bit more research into those. But um, so they included that for us, too. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. All right, guys, it's been another week and uh, please make sure if you like the show, leave us five stars and subscribe to our episode. You can also um, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or even YouTube, but reach out to us. Go to yourhauntedholiday.com and click the contact us link and shoot us an email just like Tom and Rebecca did and we'll get back to you. We love interesting stories and we love all of your suggestions for places to do an episode on. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening.